Come on, say it like you mean it, church. This is God's word. This is God's word. Not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you today for being who you are. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your provision. Thank you for Jesus who sacrificed his life for us to have eternal life. So as we start this new year, Lord, I I thank you that I'm going to speak like Moses that we don't want to go into another year if you ain't going. But we'll know, we know you're here because your word tells us that you inhabit the praises of your people. So we thank you for being here today. And I pray in the name of Jesus that you will help me articulate what your heart is saying for this church and for those who are connected. And I thank you for signs, miracles, and wonders to follow our lives as a result of what we hear today in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody say amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Every year we focus on a theme that relates to something that God either puts in my heart or something that is stirring in my heart. Last year our theme was ready, set, grow. How many grew last year? Boy, I grew last year. And so this year, uh, I believe the word for our church is this is going to be a year of an open heaven. Just say, I received that. A year of an open heaven. And listen, the goal of the message today is to encourage us to get in position to live in an awareness that God is with us and that he has everything. Say everything. He has everything we need or will need in abundance. And so what I'm going to do, I'm going to start out because this is my first message. And because this is a series I've never taught before, I'm going to lay down a whole lot of foundation for you. So uh, what I want to do is start out and give you the definition of what an open heaven is so we can all start out on the same page. All right. So an open heaven is when God's power... God's provision, God's perspective, and God's presence is made available in unlimited ways that you and I must access with our faith in order to experience it. I'm going to read that again. An open heaven is when God's power, say God's power, God's provision, God's perspective, and God's presence is made available in unlimited ways that you and I must access, watch this, With our faith in order for us to receive it. And so let me say this before I really jump into where we're going. Because most people think that for whatever reason, the things of God are automatic. So I'm going to prove to you today that this open heaven that I'm going to be teaching on, it's not automatic. Because if it was, guess what? When you and I got sick or get sick, we would automatically get healed. 
That doesn't happen, does it? No. Uh, when a financial crisis comes up, as soon as it comes up, three seconds later, it will be resolved. Why? That's not because it's not automatic. So what I'm talking about today is not automatic. Everybody say the kingdom of God is not automatic. Listen, not even salvation is automatic, which, by the way, is God's will for everyone. The New Living Translation of 1 Timothy chapter 2 says this. This is good. And it pleases God, our Savior, who wants who? Everyone. Everybody say everyone. He wants everyone to be what, church? Saved and to understand the truth. The question is, will everybody be saved? The answer to that is no. Why? Because number one, salvation is not automatic. And number two, people are not going to put forth their part in order to be saved. Romans 10, 9, most of us know that, tells us what their part is. Notice it says, if you confess with your mouth. Notice it says you have to do that. Can't nobody confess for you. God does not have any grandchildren. See, like, you know, if you have some kids, and then they have some kids, those kids that your kids have automatically become your grandchildren. They are automatically born into the family. Listen, it's not like that spiritually. God does not have grandchildren. He only has sons and daughters. So that's why you have to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And you must believe in your heart that God's raised him from the dead. And then this is what the Bible says. You will be saved. Amen. So when we're talking about living under an open heaven, there are some things that you and I can do to trigger God's power, to trigger his provision, to trigger his perspective on things, and to trigger his presence. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start out with a verse. And this verse, uh, I'm only using it as an example of what an open heaven looks like and sounds like so that we can all have a scriptural context as we start the series. Now, most of the time, this verse is used to talk about financial giving and tithing and that type of thing. I'm not using it for that. I'm using it so we can see what happens when we do that. So Malachi chapter 3 verse 10, he says, bring all the tithe into where church? The storehouse. He says, why? So there is meat in my house. And then he says, test me. That word prove means test. He says, test me now. Listen, as I've been studying this series, when I gave this week and when I, when I, uh, not only gave my offering, but when I returned my tithe, my attitude was different because now I have an open heaven mindset. He says, listen, when you test me, says the Lord, If I will not, watch this, here it is, open you the what? Windows of heaven. Now, let me just say this before we keep reading. If the windows can be opened, that indicates they can be closed too. He says, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and do what? Pour. Pour out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive. Now, what's interesting is that word windows... Of course, we can have literal windows and then you can have figurative windows. And this terminology is figuratively. And listen, it refers to windows or the floodgates in the sky which God controls. But here's the secondary meaning. In general, this word windows refers to God's ability, watch this, to provide an abundance of anything. 
Did you hear that? When he says windows, that means it refers to God's ability to provide an abundance of anything. So that means no matter what I encounter in 2023 that I might need, I should not fret about it because God provides an abundance of anything. Don't take anxiety with you this year. Why? Because you live under an open heaven. Don't take stress with you this year. Listen, there may be stressful situations, but that doesn't mean it has to stress you. The disciples were in the boat with Jesus. They all were in there. And the Bible says, listen, the waves was getting ready to sink the ship. And Jesus was in the ship. And the Bible says he was laying down in there with a pillow. It was stressing everybody else, but it wasn't stressing him. Look at your neighbor say, I ain't going to stress this year. So listen, what I'm going to do, the first time this phrase, windows of heaven, was used is found in Genesis chapter 7, verses 11 through 12. And, and see, one of the reasons I teach the way I do, I teach line upon line and precept upon precept, but I do that because I, the way I govern is, I want to rightly divide the word of truth. And 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15 tells us about that. And here's why rightly dividing the Bible is so important, because it will help you understand the Bible. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 15, it says, study to show yourself approved unto God. Watch this. A workman that needs not to be ashamed. Read this part with me. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, if you can rightly divide the word, you can wrongly divide the word. And one of the reasons we have so many denominations, so many different thoughts, and so many different uh, 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 ways of thinking when it comes to the word It's because everybody does not rightly divide the Bible. And so the Bible will interpret itself if you learn how to use it to do that. You should not interpret the Bible. I should not interpret the Bible. We should allow the Bible to interpret itself. And so there are three ways that the Bible will interpret itself. So when you are studying now, this is what I want you to study by. There are three ways the Bible can interpret itself. The first way is within the verse. In other words, when you read a verse in the Bible, sometimes you can understand exactly what's said because you can just read it and it's all in the verse. An example of that is John chapter 3, verse 16. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he what? Gave his only begotten son and whosoever believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. How do we get everlasting life? Well, based on what we read or based on that verse, it's when we believe in the son. I didn't have to go to Bible school for that. Nobody had to speak in tongues and interpret that for me. I didn't have to go to a seminary for that. No, the meaning of it was in, the, was in the verse. But sometimes when you read just a verse, it does not give you the full meaning and understanding of what the, the Bible is saying. And so this is now the second way that the Bible will interpret itself. And that is within the context. And this is why a lot of times when I'm reading, I will read or tell you the context so you can understand what I'm saying. And so a good example would be the parables in the Bible. If you just read one verse in a parable, you will not get the parable. You will have to read it within the context. And sometimes to understand some things of what the word is saying, you got to read it in context. And then the last way the Bible will interpret itself is in previous usage. Everybody say previous usage. 
In other words, that's the way something was used previously before. Some people call it the first law of mention, but I call it previous usage. And that's why I'm reading Genesis chapter 7. Why? Because this is the first time in the Bible that phrase, open heaven, was used. So, let's read Genesis chapter 7, verse 11. It says, in the 600 year of Noah's life. Oh my God, I don't know if I want to live 600 years. How many would like to live 600 years? Anybody? Yeah, we got one back there. Two. Two and a half. Y'all going to be ugly. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> no offense. Anyway, that's my opinion. It says, in the 600 year of Noah's life, in the second month and the 17th day of the month, the same day where all the fountains of the, 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 the great deep was broken up. In other words, it started raining. And then here it is. Here's that phrase. And the what, church? Windows of heaven was what? Open. And the rain was upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights. Now here, here's what I want to do. Because the windows of heaven that was mentioned in Malachi are not the same windows of heaven that's mentioned here, right here in uh, the book of Genesis. And the reason why I want to tell you that is because for us to understand what I'm doing in this series, you need to know what realm or what heaven I'm talking about. So what I want to briefly do is explain the different levels or realms of heaven. Because if you don't get that, you're not going to get the, you're not going to understand the whole series. So if you're taking notes here, point number one, heaven has three realms. Heaven has three realms. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse two. This was Paul talking and he said, I knew a man that was in Christ. It was about 14 years ago. He says, whether in the body, I can't tell. Or whether I was out of the body, I cannot tell. God knows. What he was saying is, I know somebody or I knew someone. And I don't know if I met them physically or was this a spiritual experience. He says, I can't remember which one it was, but God knows. And then he says, such a one was caught up to the what, church? Everybody say third heaven. Everybody say third heaven. Everybody say third heaven third heaven and then he goes on to say and i knew such a man and he repeats what he said the first time whether in the body or out of the body i cannot tell but god knows but then verse four he introduces something very interesting he says how that this person who was in the third heaven he was caught up into what paradise okay that's interesting because what paul is really doing is saying that the third heaven and paradise is the same place Now, when you look up the word paradise, I love this. It means a place of future happiness. Listen, let me tell you something. This is not your real life right here. This is just your natural life. No, 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 no. We were, we were made or created as spirit beings and spirit lasts forever. That's why God has created a place for eternal spirits to live when you die. He says, and I, this person heard unspeakable words, which is not lawful for a man to utter. Now, this third heaven is the realm, listen church, where God rules. It's the realm where God reigns. It's the, it's the realm where God rules anything. And so you may say, well, pastor, how'd you come to that conclusion? That that realm is where God reigns. Well, there are too many verses for me to reference to show you that. So I'm just going to use one verse to show you that this third heaven... Is where God reigns and he rules. So this word uh, paradise that Paul used 
that he referenced also as the third heaven is found in Luke chapter 23, verse 43. So let me first of all tell you the context. Jesus was dying on the cross. And uh, when he died, he had some people that were on crosses with him. There were some thieves and there were some malefactors. And one of them was like, hey, Lord, uh, one, one guy railed on Jesus. Another guy said, hey, you know what? Don't be doing that. And so uh, one, one guy said, hey, Jesus, take me with you. And so Jesus is answering him in Luke chapter 23, verse 43. And Jesus said unto him, verily I say unto you today, you shall be with me where church? In paradise. So listen, we know that's what Jesus is. The Bible says Jesus is on the right hand of God. Uh, Listen, sitting in heavenly places. So we know that this third heaven or this paradise is where Jesus is. Well, if Jesus was there, then God is there because Jesus is sitting at the right hand. Are you all with me so far? So we can see that the third heaven is where God reigns and he rules. And and Jesus is sitting right next to him. Now, even though there is not a reference to a second heaven or a first heaven in the Bible, there has to be a second and there has to be a first because if there's a third, you can't have just three. To get the three, you got to have one. Come on, church. One. Exactly. So even though it has not said specifically there is a first heaven or a second heaven, I'm going to briefly show you that they are. Okay. So the first thing we're going to look at as a reference point is Isaiah 13. I'm going somewhere with what I'm doing. And you know what? Sometimes in church, you got to bring your brain. You got to learn more than he died. He died. He died. I know he died. What else did he do? Isaiah 13, look in verse 9. It says, Behold, the day of the Lord is coming. Now listen, what he's about to describe has not happened yet. He says, Behold, the day of the Lord comes, cruel both with wrath and fierce anger, to lay the land desolate. And this is what's going to happen when he comes. He shall destroy the sinners thereof out of it. He said, Ooh, that sounds cruel. Well, listen now. Remember. One day there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth where there cannot be sin in the new earth. So if there are sinners left here, God's going to wipe them out. You say, well, that's not fair. Well, they should have accepted Jesus Christ. So let, let, me, let, me, let me say this too, okay? When you get born again, you're no longer a sinner. You are a saint that sins. But you're not a sinner. Sinning, listen church, is, listen, it's for a believer, sinning is an act. But being a sinner is a state. Amen. See, as a believer, sin, if you live in sin, can dull your hearing. It can dull your heart. But it doesn't change my state. Because remember, when you got born again, Jesus took you out of darkness and he put you in the light. Say amen to that. Why? Because Jesus' blood permanently removed sin from us. I love that about Jesus. So watch verse 10. He says, for the stars of heaven, here we go, we're talking about heaven, and the constellations thereof shall not give their light. He said, this is what's going to happen when Jesus comes back. The sun shall be darkened in its going forth, and the moon will not cause her light to shine. So listen. This level or realm of heaven is what we call our solar system. Because remember, he just talked about the stars. 
He said the sun and the moon. Did you know that the sun and the moon, they are really, they're really planets. And so these now are what we call our solar system. And so it's gotta be below the, the, the third heaven. In fact, that's, that's the realm that we can't see from here unless we get a telescope. Say amen to that. So it's below the third heaven. And so even though the Bible doesn't say it's the second heaven, just for the sake of reference, we're going to call it the second realm. Now, the heaven, the word heavens as we look at it, on a daily basis, the heavens that we see are where the birds are and where the clouds are. Are you all with me? All right, that's where the planes fly. Psalm 104 verse 10 explains that that first level. It says, he, God, sends the springs or water into the valleys which run among the hills. And then these springs, they give drink to every beast of the field. The wild asses quench their thirst. Look at your neighbor and say, the wild asses need a drink. Go on. No, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> I had to wake some people up. Some of y'all start snoozing. Y'all like, are we in science class or what? (laughs) Listen to verse 12 though. Watch verse 12. I'm trying to teach you something. Because see, my goal today is to create an awareness in you that you can live under an open heaven, which means that God has the abundance of anything I'll ever need. So watch verse 12. He says, by them, by the water that's being supplied, by them shall the fowls of the heaven. Let me ask you a question. What's another word for fowls? Birds. He said, the birds of where, church? Of heaven. So we know the birds ain't flying in heaven. And we know the birds ain't flying in the solar system. They can't fly that high. Where they flying? In the first level. So everybody say, they are three heavens. Okay. So we can consider this the first realm or the first heaven. So here's the question. What can we expect when we live under an open heaven? What can we expect? Well, here's point number two. If you're taking notes, and I only have two points. Here's the second point. Here are the benefits of an open heaven. Benefits. Because, see, that's, I'm into the benefits. You know, sometimes you, you take a job based on the benefits. Right? Some of you get married because of the benefits. I don't know if that's good, but whatever floats your boat. Right? So let's just jump into what these benefits are. Here's benefit number one. God's presence becomes available. Matthew chapter 3 verse 16, it says, And Jesus, when he was baptized, he went straightway out of the water. And then, lo, the what, church? Come on, church. The heavens were what? Open to him. And let's see what happened. And he saw the Spirit of God descending on him like a dove and lightning on him. In other words, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, is also God's presence. So when you live under an open heaven, you can expect to experience God's presence in your life. Here's benefit number two. When we're living under an open heaven, God's voice is available to hear. Matthew chapter 3 verse 17. I'm going to reread it, but I'm going to read verse 17. Okay, we just read Matthew 3 16. I'm going to read both now. And Jesus, when he was baptized, he went straight out of the water. And lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lightning upon him. Verse 17. And lo, a what church? A what? 
a voice from where? Ah, God still talks. Don't think God doesn't talk. He still talks today. The question is, are you in tune with hearing? Are you in position to hear? And it says that, listen, it said, and a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Here's another benefit that I didn't even add. But one of the benefits is that encouragement can come from an open heaven. Listen to Deuteronomy chapter four, uh, uh, about this voice being coming, coming from, uh, an open heaven. It says, unto you it was showed that you might know that the Lord, he is God. Your boss ain't God. Your job ain't God. The government ain't God. The doctor ain't your God. There is none else beside him. Watch verse 36. Out of heaven. He made you to hear his what? Why? So he can instruct you. When you living under an open heaven, you can expect to hear the voice of God and get instructions from God. Say amen to that. Here's benefit number three. Visions become available. Ezekiel chapter one, verse one says this. Now it came to pass in the 30th year, in the fourth month and in the fifth day of the month, as I was among the captives by the river of Shabar, watch what he says. He says, the heavens were what, church? Opened. And as a result of that, he says, and I saw visions of God. Years ago, when we started our church, we started our church in an elementary school. It was very strategic because I prayed and asked God where he wanted us to be. He told me he wanted us to be at that elementary school at, on Eden Road right there in Arlington. So we started having church there. And after about a year and some change, we grew to the point where either we would have to have two services or leave that place and find a bigger place. Now, honestly, I didn't want to preach twice. But I knew better than to step out of the open heaven he put me in. See, money can't make you do that. You can't let outside things govern you leaving the spot where God told you to be. I don't care how hard the job gets. If that's where God put you, stay under that open heaven. So, I did what I'm going to instruct you all to do next week. I prayed. And as I was praying about where to go, for the first time in my life, I had a vision. And the vision was an auditorium. I saw the colors of the seats. I saw how it was structured. I saw where the stage was. I saw everything. And so when I saw that while I was praying, I didn't even say, Lord, where is it? I just stopped praying because I was excited because I knew what it meant. So I jumped in my car and I was just looking for that place. And then uh, it wasn't until I started running out of gas that I said, Lord, where is the place? I should have asked him that before I jumped out in the car. But, you know, he'll meet us where we are, right? So I said, Lord, where's this place? I'm running out of gas. He said, it's on Eden Street. Well, I was very familiar with Eden Street because the church that we was at was on Eden Street, the school we were at. So I was like, okay, so maybe it's further down on Eden. So I went all the way down Eden and it started going into the neighborhood, residentials. And I like, can't be that way. So then I, I, I started going, but I would always stop at Matlock because the rest of Eden is a dead end. So finally, the Lord was like, go the other way. I said, but it's a dead end there. He says, I know that. 
I said, okay. So I go down to the dead end part, and there it is, Seguin High School sitting at the dead end of Eden Road. I was like, wow, I had never seen that school before. So I went inside the school. I said, hey, listen, uh, do y'all have like an auditorium where like a church can meet or something? And they said, well, we do have an auditorium. I said, can I see it? They showed me the auditorium. Soon they clicked the light on. It was just like I saw it in the vision. Because when you are under an open heaven, God will show you things that you need to know. Amen. Here's benefit number four. God's power in an open heaven is released. Listen to 2 Kings chapter 1 verse 12. And what's good is uh, Patrice Free, she referenced another situation about Elijah, about fire coming from heaven. But here's a, a different story. In 2 Kings chapter 1 verse 12, it says, And Elijah answered and said unto them. Well, let me back up and tell you what the context. Basically, Elijah was hearing prophetically what the, what the king was trying to do to uh to capture the Israelites and stuff. And so, you know, uh Elijah would go and tell the, the their enemies what they were gonna do. And so the king got upset. He he sent some men, some soldiers to kill Elijah. And so now this is Elijah talking. Elijah answered and said unto them, If I be a man of God, let fire come down from heaven. From where church? From heaven and consume you, all 50 of you. And the fire of God came down from heaven and consumed all of them. Everybody say God's power is released. Uh, you can just write down Luke chapter 9 verse 54. Even the disciples tried to call fire down from heaven. Some people was giving Jesus a hard time. He said, Jesus, let's just call down fire like Elijah did. He said, you don't even know what spirit you are. I know you, you can't be praying, Lord, kill my baby daddy. Don't do that. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Kill my baby mama so I won't have to pay child support. Don't do that. Kill my boss so I can get a promotion. Don't do that. Here's benefit number five. When we live under an open heaven, we're open to see signs and wonders. And that's what I'm believing for our church this year. That we're going to experience some signs and some wonders. That you'll go to, you'll go back to work. Listen, you went to work with a limp and then you come back and they say, what girl, you're not limping. Sign and a wonder. Yeah. Acts chapter two, verse 18. It says, and on my servants and on my handmaids, I will pour out in those days of my spirit. And here's one thing will happen. He says they will prophesy. But look in verse 19. He says, and I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath. Blood, fire, vapor. But there are other signs and, and wonders that Jesus brings. But it comes when we, re- listen, when we reverence and open heaven. Here's, the, uh, here's number six. I only have one more. And that is prosperity and blessings. Deuteronomy 28 Verse 11 says, and the Lord shall make you plenteous in goods, plenteous in the fruit of your body and in the fruit of your cattle and in the fruit of the ground and in the land which the Lord swear to give to your fathers. Verse 12, and the Lord shall do what? Open unto you his what? Are y'all there? His what? His, uh, what, what, let me see. Uh, are y'all, where they at? I'm in verse 12. There we go. Somebody fell asleep. <laughs> I still love y'all though. Thank y'all for serving. I appreciate you. 
Look, they don't get paid to do that. Look, you can't pay everybody in church, right? Thank God. Give our hand clap for our volunteers. Praise the Lord. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Thank you. Thank you. Ah, glory. That's why we're having a luncheon for them. Praise God. Look at verse 12. <laughs> Come on, y'all focus. I ain't focus. Look at verse 12. The Lord shall open unto you his what? Good treasure. Watch this. What's the good church? The heavens to give rain unto the land in your season. And watch this. And to bless all the work of your hand. And then he says, you'll get to the point where you can lend to many nations and don't even have to borrow. I'm declaring debt freedom in 2023, Jesus. Come on, if you want to be debt free in 2023, I don't care what your debt is. Stand up right now and say, I receive debt free status in 2023. Come on, praise him for it right there. God, we bless you right now. That we'll be debt free in 2023. I call this building paid off in Jesus' name. Glory be to God. Okay, sit down. I'm running out of time. Here's the last benefit. This one's so good. I'm going to do a mini teaching on this. And that is when we're living under an open heaven, we'll get angelic help and support. John chapter 1 verse 51. Watch what it says. And Jesus, he said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Hereafter, he says, You will see what, church? Heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Well, listen, if the angels descended uh, and descended on Jesus, they'll ascend and descend on us because the Bible says that they are here to serve those who are heirs of salvation. You might not can see them, but that don't mean they're not real. You don't see a fart, but you can smell it. I, I know that was nasty, but... You got that though, don't you? You don't have to see it. Talk about, I see it. If I, if I can see it, then I believe it. No, because I don't see it, but I smell it. <laughs> you ever been on the airplane and want somebody to let it out? That was the ones that make me mad. I'd be like, who is that? Who is that? Everybody looking like this. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm sorry. So how do we apply today's word? How do we apply it? We're talking about living under an open heaven. Listen, here's the only application for today. Say it so you can experience it. The amplified version of the Mark 11:23 says, "Truly I tell you, whoever says to the mountain be lifted up and thrown into the sea and watch this and does not doubt in his heart but believes watch this what is he believing believing what he says will take the place that's what you're believing you're believing that what you say is going to happen so now guess what we're going to do an open heaven confession right now and I'm doing it so that those who are watching can have it it's going to be online and hopefully we'll send it to you via our social media but they're going to put it on the board they're going to go ahead and put it up. And I want you to read it with me. Read it with me. Are you ready? Have they put it up yet? Oh, yes, they have. Let's read it together. Heavenly Father, I declare today that I'm living under an open heaven. Thank you for opening the windows of heaven for open doors that need to be opened in my life. 
for blessings being poured out in ways I cannot count. Because I'm living under an open heaven, your presence saturates my heart and my life. Thank you that I hear you better. I obey you consistently. And I'm very sensitive to what's on your heart. Help me to make Christ known so that you are glorified through my life. Because I live under an open heaven, I will never have a need that you can't supply. Help me to stay in position to always receive from you. I love you and I praise you for all that you will do for me today. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody give the Lord a hand clap. I want you to say that prayer every day. Try to do it every day in 2023 because what that will do is keep an awareness that you are in an open heaven. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Holy Spirit, thank you for doing what I can't do. I proclaimed it. I thank you now for you taking it, breathing life on it. And changing our lives with it. And so I thank you. Because God we know that you're the only person that can open the windows of heaven. You're the only one. And because you are. Our trust. And our reliance. Is on you this year. Some trust in chariots. Some trust in their bank accounts. Some trust on, on their jobs. Some trust in their own physical health. But, but we're going to trust in you because you reign and you rule and you have all authority and power. And so I thank you, Father, that the, the word today is going to transform our lives as we yield to it in Jesus' name. Whatever he still bowed, here's my question. If you die today, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven?